ஷீம் respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home alhamdulillah in the many sessions of dars hadith we have been covering the history of masjid nabawi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the history of madinatul munawwara the city itself upon arrival of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam in this beautiful city which was named by rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as madina tayyiba the name that was given to this city in jahiliya was yathrib the very first mission of huzur alaihi salatu wassalam the very first objective that ab sallallahu alaihi wasallam took upon himself was to unite the believers unite the companions that were there they are sallallahu alaihi wasallam is entering the city new city the city which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has destined for him and the companions that go with him are given this new title and honor as muhajir and those who reside in madinatul munawwara are known as the ansari companions and this is honor given to both the classes of the companions both of the groups are highly praised not just in the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but also in the quran allah says wasabiqun alawwalun min almuhajirin wal ansar wal ladhin attaba'uhum bi ihsan بإحسان رضي الله عنهم ورضوا عنه and here clearly Allah talks about the muhajir and the ansari companions and also the tabi'in who follow hazrat hazrat sahabai kiram ajma'in the first mission was to unite them was to enforce in them islamic brotherhood you have islamic brotherhood you have everything you don't have this unity this bonding between the two then in reality even if you have a beautiful masjid even if you are wealthy even if you live an opulent life it's nothing it is ittifaq and ittihad to love one another This was the main objective this was what huzur alayhi salatu wassalam did the minute he entered madinatul munawwara 
And the clear proof of that is in his very first khutbah. The companions are there awaiting for Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam to come. When if it is written in the board here that so and so Shaykh al Hadith is coming, MashaAllah, people come along in the masjid. If the Imam of Haram was to come here, this masjid would be full. We get excited when our scholars come, shuyukh come, alhamdulillah, that, that nothing wrong with that. Imagine what the atmosphere must be when Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam came to Madinatul Munawwah. This is why Anas radiallahu ta'ala and says literally, he says literally everything illuminated the minute Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam entered our city of Madinatul Munawwah. Everything was different. Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam came his first khutbah. All the companions are there. Ya ayyuhan nas, O people. Afshu salam baynakum. And alhamdulillah I have explained this extensively in the two sessions of Jumu'ah. Spread salam amongst yourselves. Spread salam amongst yourselves. <coughs> This is the most powerful system that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the Ummah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And unfortunately the Ummah lacks in this. We hardly practice the Sunnah. Unfortunately for us the Sunnah is beard. For us the Sunnah is Amama. For us the Sunnah is Miswak. For us the Sunnah is Thawb. For us the Sunnah is Izar to make sure Externally, your outfit is perfect. So when someone says to you, he says, MashaAllah, he's a mutasharri'ah. And we despise people who, who don't have that appearance. That in itself is against the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam to take your fellow Muslim brother to be in an inferior way. Astaghfirullah and I in no way am implying here that we shouldn't do this. No, Alhamdulillah, brothers won't be prepared. And Alhamdulillah, we Hanafis are very staunch. We the Hanafis are very, very staunch in this matter. But it is the entire sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam. How to behave with your Muslim brother? How to behave with your wife? How to behave with your children? How to behave with your neighbor? How to behave with your friends? how to behave with your neighbors irrespective of them being Muslims or non-Muslims and this is the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. just today in Juma, when I was sitting with Sheikh Faisal Manju again mashallah he himself is an attorney a lawyer and a great scholar and a great alim himself who specializes in the Masail of inheritance when I went to drop him off back at home on East Park Road that's where at the moment that's where he's staying and I parked my car and I saw mashallah East Park Road it's a busy road isn't it brothers who live here locally you know that there you'd normally expect no offense to the West Indians but they, they normally would do something like that you know the taxi drivers know best and now this system is in, even into the Muslims, arrogance, no akhlaq. 
where he is, he stops the car on the main road and there's a traffic all behind and, and he himself is wearing a topi with a beard and he is waiting for someone that that individual should come in the car or he's planning to give him a lift or something and he's hooting at him and that person is ignoring and there is a scene Astaghfirullah where is the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi and I, and I was there looking and I said to Mawana Faisal sahab I said Astaghfirullah Mawana sahab this is a Muslim doing it and Mawana sahab being a scholar he said to me well Mawana sahab don't you know the hadith that the very first blessing that will come out from my ummah as in the ummah of Rasulullah will be khuluq azim good character will come out so there is no character we have to learn especially when we are living in the midst of kuffar my respected brothers we should have such high character that these people not physically bow down to us but subhanallah respect us and they appreciate us that no these muslims are different mashallah where do they get these teachings this knowledge this ilm who teaches them and they refer back to hazrat nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam huzur alayhi salatu wassalam king first thing ya ayyuhan nas afshu salam spread salam afshu salam baynakum وَأَطْعِمُ الطَّعَامِ and look at the second statement instruction given of Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam حُكَمْ وَأَطْعِمُ الطَّعَامِ and feed the needy people again here the muhaddisin have said that وَأَطْعِمُ الطَّعَامِ literally means something else but it has a very comprehensive meaning to it the muhaddisin have said that the mu'mineen the believers should take out from them selfishness Today we Muslims are selfish people. As long as we get something, fine. Dusra admi khak me chale jaye, we don't care. I should not be deprived whether my fellow Muslim gets it or not. I should not. I should get my share. I am not prepared to share anything. This is the difference between the companions in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the Muslims today. It's easy, my respected brothers, to, to grow a beard, to wear a fawb. Not that difficult, especially when, when your mahal is done. Alhamdulillah, it's not difficult. When the mahal is there, when the society, mashallah, is groomed in that way, then nothing is difficult. It becomes easy. But to enforce good character, to enforce to take out from you selfishness and to create selflessness sincerity of the intention that everything I am doing for Alhubbulillah wal Bughzulillah to have this jazba of mujahada that in Allah ashtara min al mu'minina anfusahum wa amwalahum nothing to nothing that is in our possession belongs to us. Everything is is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This body, this ruh, this jism the money, the possession, everything is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and everything should be distributed equally. This is the message of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى 
None of you can achieve that high level of Iman until you love for your Muslim brother what you will love for yourself. Allahu Akbar. And the companions were incredible people. Masters and slaves. When an, a foreigner would come, it would be difficult for him to recognize who is the Aqa, the master, and who is the slave. They would wear the same clothes, share the same plates, eat in the same place, eat the same food. But yet the status was that he is a slave and he is the master. But until information is given, the, the person in front would not have that knowledge. وَأَتْئِمُ الطَّعَامُ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, الْمُؤْمِنُونَ كَرَجُلٍ وَاحِدٍ That the believers in their mutual love for each other are like one single body. Just check out the examples of Huzur alayhi salatu wa like if there's pain in your eyes, then the pain is felt everywhere in the body. Someone comes to you, MashaAllah, Umar, do you want to come out? Shall we go out? Then Umar will say, no, I, I have pain in my ear. And if somebody was to say to him, well, that, that pain is in your ear, nothing wrong with your, you, with your legs, come, let's walk it. He'll say, no. Pain is there, but the effect, the impact of it is in the entire body. If the pain is in the head, then the pain is felt everywhere in the body. This is what Huzur alayhi salatu was salam came. This is what he enforced in Madinatul Munawwar. ta'am and wasilul arham, maintain uh, your uterine relationship, qarabad dari, rishtidari. Perform your salah in the night whilst everyone is sleeping. Everyone is sleeping. That time is a time when one is extremely close to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You shall enter Jannah with salamati, with security, without any form of difficulty. Not only did he mention that in his first khutbah in Madinatul Munawwara, but physically. Look at the application. Wasallam has a group of companions, Ansari here, Muhajir here, points out to the Muhajir Sahabi, stand up. The Muhajir companion stand up. And he looks and he says, right, you Ansari companion stand up. From today both of you are related. Ansari companion, it is your duty to accept him as your, one of the members of your family. Subhana. And literally, they would take that Sahabi, that Muhajir Sahabi, and share everything with him. Everything. And everyone was divided. Everyone. All the companions that came, MashaAllah, they had relations, they had family members, the Ansari were all related to them. Why? Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam connected them. Even people like Abdul Rahman bin Awf radiallahu ta'ala. Rich companions, wealthy people of Makkatul Mukarrama and Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam's basirat, insight was such that he would look for compatibility there. That is why when you choose your partner, when you marry, compatibility must be there. There is this great difference, then the marriage won't last long.
it will break. So you have to see that balance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has talked about this in the Quran and, it, and this is known as kuf in the hadith and in, in the kutubs of fiqh. Hazrat Rahman bin Auf, Hazrat Sa'ad bin Rabi, radiyallahu ta'ala, and Ghaliban, it is that companion too, if I remember correctly. Abdul Rahman bin Auf stands up, Abdul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam again looks for someone to the equivalent of Abdul Rahman bin Auf being a millionaire. Hazrat Sa'ad bin Rabi was a millionaire in Madinatul Munawwara Ansari. And he says, Sa'ad, you stand up. You suit to be the brother for Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf. And you look after Abdul Rahman bin Auf. Incredible. The companions were so sincere. And let me say this. He said to Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf, I'm a rich man, wealthy man. Allah has blessed me. I have many gardens, farms, orchards of dates. Everything, 50% I give you. Because Hazur alayhi salatu was salam and said that I have to look after you. 50% is yours. Very difficult. To give in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, very difficult. Today unfortunately we have this idea that if you give money in the masjid, mashallah, that is great. If you give money in madrasa, mashallah, that is great. But to help your Muslim brother, to help him, to take away the burden, that is on his head to help him in any, in any way. No, why should I? Chorini. That is the difference. Companions would look at that first. Huzur alayhi salatu was salam says, You take away any form of difficulty from your Muslim brother. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will free you from the difficulty of the hereafter. Sasta sada. Abdul Rahman bin Awf was so confident and that confidence came in him because of the dua that Huzur alayhi salam gave him that Allah bless him in his tijara it is said that if he would lift up a stone he'd expect gold to be there anything he touched would become gold he was a natural businessman and he said to his brother Sa'ad bin Rabi he says no just show me where the market is (laughs) just show me where the market is and leave me I don't need nothing of you and Hazrat Sa'ad bin Rabi says up to you Showed him where the marketplace is where people come, business people do their tijara transaction. And in no time, again, Abdul Rahman bin Auf acquired that status which he had in business. That people would look, look up to him in Makkatul Mukarramah and his charity was phenomenal. One more thing. Look at the sincerity. Hazrat Sa'ad bin Rabbi said to us Abdul Rahman bin Auf that I have many wives and to support you as my Muslim brother today as Muslims living in the year 2003 we can't even understand it's beyond the comprehension of the mind that how can a Sahabi say this to his fellow Muslim brother it is beyond the level of thinking for us Muslims why? because the level of Iman our level of Iman is very low. When we talk, we speak, we say Al-Hubbulillah, love for Allah, hatred and enmity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But really, we don't put that into practice. 
And he says, if I have two wives, three wives, four wives, I will divorce one for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I know that none of my wives or any one of them would not take offense to that because Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam has instructed us that we have to look after you. You have no one to serve you, to look after you, to prepare food for you, to wash your clothes as your companion. Subhanallah, I will divorce one and she will serve you. Dunya Flick the books of history. Can you find sincerity and a literal Subhanallah fulfilling at face value the words of Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam? Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala and said no to everything. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises them in the Qur'an. Muhammadu Rasulullah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. وَالَّذِينَ مَعَهُ أَشِدَّا And those who are with, with Rasulullah, the companions, they are strict with the disbelievers. What are they? Strict. The bitness sakti. Strict with the disbelievers. رُحَمَاءُ بَيْنَهُمْ And they show mercy with each other. Tarahum Rukah, you will see them bowing, kneeling, Yabtaguna Fadlam min Allahi Waridwana craving for the mercy of Allah and for his approval. This is their goal, this is their mission. Allah Kwam Razi Kalle Muskatamogima. Kazarain in the later ending ayat. Akhraja Shatahu Fazarahu Fastahalaza Fastawa. Allah gives an example and that in the beginning they were weak like a cultivated seed that's put in the ground with its shoots and then it swells up and it comes out, sprouts out it becomes strong, the seed gradually becomes into a strong stem and when the farmers look at that six months of effort first it was a seed then mashallah everything comes out and now it's firm in the ground this is the example of the companions that they were weak but day by day, by following Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, their foundation became so strong that they were unbreakable. The unity, subhanAllah. And this was the first objective of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to create peace and harmony amongst them. And this is what we should do. Our locality, our masjid, People who come here to perform salam, we respect, respect each other, we give salam to each other, we should think good of each other, making sure that there is unity. And then later on, this unity was again consolidated by the building of Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abu sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he himself with the companions took part. If you remember, Absalam says, Allahumma la aisha illa aishul akhirah. There is no bliss but in the hereafter. And the Muhajirin companions and the Ansari companions both were there, side to side, shoulder to shoulder, working with Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam in constructing Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And when Absalallahu alayhi wasallam saw this unity in them, Absalallahu alayhi wasallam said, Fagfir. Lil Ansar wal Muhajira, and I beseech you, O Allah, that forgive the shortcomings of the Ansari companions and the shortcomings of Muhajir. 
Subhanallah. This was the dua Huzur alayhi salatu was giving them whilst they were there building Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Alhamdulillah, in the last session of Dalsi Hadith, just before the month of Ramadan, we had we finished off, completed the significance of the main pillars located in the main area of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And I don't wish to repeat myself. Uh, we have explained, I have explained thoroughly with regards to the pillars of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. After the pillars of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we go on to the minarets in Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. As for the minarets, minarets are again important parts, components of a masjid. That is why now, if Muslims wish to build a masjid, a purpose-built masjid, then it is so important that we have minarets and dome. Don't talk to me, oh, sadgi honi chahiye. You do your sadgi in your house. You drive a flashy car, a, a Merc and a sports car, and you go for Umrah and Hajj every year, and you have the best things in your homes and you say sadhi honi and you go to Dubai and the wives purchase gold and silver and everything and we talk about sadhi my respected brothers and elders we are living in the year 2003 Islam is not just for the Pakistanis and the Indians and the Bengalis Islam is for everyone all the Europeans and these people when they come and see something a building that is as beautiful as this or any other beautiful structure. MashaAllah, there is this inclination, there is this pull. They want to come inside. They take pictures. They have this natural love. These people have this knowledge. They, they want to do that. And it is not for show. It is not for show. Your intentions have to be right. Your, your intention should be there that we are doing it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for da'wah purpose. For da'wah purpose. Subhanallah. And that is why Allah gives jazai khayat to Umar bin Abdul Aziz radiallahu ta'ala. He is the first man who introduced many, many new structures in the interior of a masjid and the exterior of a masjid. In the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there was no mihrab. He was the first one to construct a mihrab. And alhamdulillah, today we we, well, we want to pray in front of the mihrab of Rasulullah. Allah give jazai khayat to Umar bin Abdul Aziz who pointed it out and made the mihrab there. This is the mihrab of Hazrat Uthman. This is the mihrab of Hazrat Fatima. This is the mihrab of Hazrat Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They were no minarets in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz radiallahu ta'ala is the first one to construct minarets in Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in the beginning, four minarets were built on Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by the order of Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz radiallahu ta'ala. He comes from the lineage of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Some of the muhaddisin and the akabirin have titled him as umar Thani, The second Umar. The first was Umar radiallahu ta'ala, Amirul Mu'mineen. And they were four minarets. 
the fuqaha have said that the reason for minaret is, is very simple is that the maqsad of azan is that the, the voice of the muazzin should reach all ends of the city everywhere in the olden days, I'm not sure if it is still practiced today we live in the time of technology of course in the olden days the muazzin would have to climb up the minaret I have seen that with my eyes and subhanallah it's, it's incredible, that, that feeling is beautiful when you see the muazzin actually giving azan from the minaret and he would climb up and give azan from the minaret Musa by the way with his health we don't expect him to climb up Masjid Omar I don't think we have any entry to the minaret in Masjid Omar anyway Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala and Hazrat Urwa bin Zubair radiallahu ta'ala and says that one of the ladies of Banu Najjar who was living close to Masjid Nabwi her house was in an elevated position and she told Hazrat Bilal that give azan from, the, from my rooftop and if you give azan from here the voice will reach everywhere and this was in the southern block of Masjid Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala and would give azan there the fuqaha have said it is mustahab to give azan from the minaret nowadays we have mashallah the mic system and speakers and we have giant speakers if you've seen the, the speakers in, in Masjid Al-Haram and Masjid Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam instead of the minaret uh, instead of the muazzin standing in the minarets we have the speakers there and they do the job I think that even in some areas some of the fuqaha were even against this mic system and in the early time some of the mufti gave fatwa that it is not jayz for an imam to, to, to read his salah through this system of mic Alhamdulillah uh, that is not the opinion of majority of the muftiyan izam the fuqaha if you look at masjid nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam today the muazzin stand in this high elevated platform a balcony sort like uh, made out of white marble and you have stairs little stairs going up and only the Mu'azzin are allowed to enter that Musa by recently came to me before he went he said to me Inshallah I will give Azan in Masjid Nabwi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam I said MashaAllah that is Jazbah that is Jazbah we'd be proud of Musa by then uh, this we have something to say when he comes back and he said, when he came back I said Musa by did you fulfill your dreams he said to me Maulana I was there I tried I pushed and I did everything, I said one Adhan and the Arabs have pushed me out La! What did they say? La! And I wish they would say La to a lot of people that enter our designated security zone <laughs> so Musafai was pushed away La! No! And the Muazzin and this area is known as Maqsuratul Muballighin Maqsuratul A special area And the Egyptian kings Sheikh Ashraf The Sultan Ashraf Qutaybai Waqatibai Was one of the great King Sultan Who Maintained the masjid Of Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wasallam In a great way And he was the first one To make This platform An area A designated zone Just for the Muazzin To be there To to relax, to stand there, to come and their position and places were reserved 
like today in Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The historians of Madinatul Munawwara have even said that the area where the Mu'azzin gives azan today in Masjid Nabwi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that is the exact spot where Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an would stand on Yawmul Jumu'ah in front of Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam. And he would give azan there, and today the system of azan, the Mu'azzin stand there and give azan as to fulfill the sunnah of Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala. And this area, this platform, this balcony is absolutely opposite to the member of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the ulama say that this is where Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala would stand and give azan. Alhamdulillah till today, even the system of takbir to repeat the takbir after the imam, the mukabbir, the mu'azzin are there and this is where the azan is given. This is the history of the minarets. Two minarets are of significance in Masjid Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Today with the new extension in Masjid Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we have approximately ten minarets. How many minarets in total? Ten minarets. Is it ten? Something Inshallah. I think it is ten, I'm sure it is ten. Correct me if I'm wrong, inshallah, in the next session. Ten minarets. And the two minarets, the old minarets, one is Manarai Raisiya. And that the minaret of Raisiya, that is known as Minarai Raisiya. Why? Because in the time of Sheikh Sultan Ashraf Katibai, the main Muazzin would always give azan from that minaret and that minaret is very very close to the green dome to the dome of Masjid both in fact are very very close close to the dome of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam it was burnt when in the 13th of Ramadan during the time of Sheikh Sultan Ashraf Qatibai uh, the masjid caught fire a lot of the main part of the masjid was burnt including some of the pillars and also the minaret and this new face of minaret of Manaray Raisiya was again constructed by Sultan Ashraf Kaitibai Ya Kutebai no comments but music in the masjid is haram what is it? music in the masjid is haram but Alhamdulillah I'm sure it's, you know, I'm just surprised that we have this system here that should cut off any ringing. Uh, I'd love to see what make that is. Alhamdulillah, in Masjid Umar we have this system that if, you, if anybody has left their phone switched on also, there should be no reception. Anyway, for safety, just switch it off. So we have Minaray, Manaray Raisiya. And the second minaret is known as Manaratu Babu Salam. Minaret of Babu Salam. And because that is close to Babu Salam, if you enter Babu Salam, on the right hand side is the entry that if you enter from inside Masjid Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you will climb up Babu Salam. And here in this kitab we have a picture of both the minarets. This is the green dome. Uh, this is the only picture that I could find with both the minarets there. And this minaret here is known as Raisiya. This minaret. 
And the minaret there is known as Manara Babu Salam. These are the old minarets of Masjid Nabwi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam even during the Ottoman Empire when the Turkish were ruling uh, Hijaz and Muqaddasa they left everything intact they beautified the Masjid of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam but they left everything intact including the two minarets and that is the brief history of the minarets in Masjid Nabwi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then we come to the dome, I won't take much of your time inshallah we come to the dome of Masjid Nabwi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam which in our language is known as Ghummate Khizra Ghummate Khizra again this dome the first honor of building this dome on top of the hujra of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam this honor was given to Sultan Mansur Kya hai Bacha Sultan Mansur in the year 678 Hijri there were never ever any domes to be found in the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or in the time of Khulafai Rashidin the purpose of the dome was that when it would rain in Masjid Nabwi in Madinatul Munawwara a lot of rain would accumulate in that area on the rooftop especially where Huzur alayhi salatu wassalam was resting and Sultan Mansur to prevent that he came up with this idea that to beautify the masjid also with the minaret we should make a dome so that was the first dome that was made and it is on top of the hujra the chamber of Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha with the big dome there is also a few, now there are several domes but there was another second small dome inshallah I'll explain that to you in another session this dome again the new construction of this dome was given by Sultan Kaitibai approximately 200 years later in the year 886 Hijri when in the 13th of Ramadan the masjid caught fire it even affected the, the dome of Masjid Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam so this great Egyptian king again served Masjid Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam well and he gave it a new face and the third and the final phase of the dome was by Sultan Mahmud Osmani Sultan Mahmud Osmani brothers must remember that this green dome has only been painted green or however the color is given to it this color has been there only for 200 years now how many years? 200 years it was Sultan Mahmud Uthmani that decided that the color best for the dome should be green and the green color is not something that is unique in Islam that it's it's the color of Islam and, and a lot of people have that in their flag it is just a color it is just a it's just a color if you look at Kaaba it's black cloth if you look at Kaaba it's black cloth we have a lot of the Muhibbeen who wear the green Amama what do they wear? the green Amama now I am not in that position to criticize anyone but love is connected with 
عمل تو سن آب نبی کریم صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم از مسلمز وی اٹھایا What, what Amama is sabit from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is white and black. So far as the narration of ahadith, hadith is concerned, one of the great scholars of Pakistan, Mufti Zarwali Khan, has established that in Sharh al-Sunnah, and I personally have gone and checked this and verified this riwayah, It is said that one of the signs of Qiyamah is that those who will be against Islam and I am no way implying any particular group Astaghfirullahaladzim My heart is free from there I am just quoting to you The costume that that particular group will wear That is why in, in, uh, in the hadith it comes that a group of people will come who, who will be known as Tahlikul Ra'as that they will have these habits, well, it will be their identity that their heads will be shaved. Their heads will be shaved. They will be anti-Muslims, anti-Islam. They will go against Islam. And again, some of the people who will be affiliated to the army of Dajjal, in the Hadith, it comes that they will wear uh, a form of green amama. form of green, amama, whatever might be the clothing, but cloth B, but it will be green. This, and for more information, Mufti Zarwali Khan is by all means one of the great scholars. His knowledge is incredible. He is a great muhaddis. And that is what he has said. So we have to wear those clothes which are there in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You can't simply say because the dome color of Masjid Nabwi is green so we carry the dorm or we are imitating the dorm or in any way any significance that we love Huzur alayhi salatu wasalam in that way no subhanallah we have to establish the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasalam so the green color has been there since 200 years approximately that is why in the old books of uh, history of Madinatul Munawwara The dome has been referred as Al-Qubbatul Bayza Al-Qubbatul Bayza Bayza means white, the white dome And slowly, slowly, slowly that white dome is green And this has been there since the time of Sultan Mahmud Uthmani And when the Turks left Like I said, they did not touch any main parts of Uh, Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam such as the pillars and also the dome and the two minarets Manaray Raisiyah and Manaray Babu Salam this is the brief history of the dome of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the minarets and the pillars of Masjid Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all this tawfiq the speaker and the listeners that we have this clear understanding of the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
and we practice the sunnah of Hazrat Alayhi Salatu Wassalam. Wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wassalamu ala sayyidil musaleen. Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afwa wal-afiyata fi dunya wal-akhirah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min rizaka wal-jannah. Wa na'udhu bika min ghazabika wal-nar. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka abduka Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min shari ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyyuka abduka Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. سمعنا وطانا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير برحمتك يا رحم الرحيم